Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. I want to continue us uh, on this uh, journey of just meditating and reflecting uh, on uh, the things that happen surrounding the birth of Christ. Uh, last week, we looked at the wise men. Uh, and if I can summarize, if you missed last week's message, you can find it online. But if I can summarize it, um, I believe that last week was a reminder from God for us not to forget that Christmas is about the prophetic. It's, it's about a future hope. Uh, it's about trusting God, believing Him for what He is about to do, not just what He has done. Amen. And so Christmas is a time for us to look forward in hope, look forward in faith, and look forward in God. Uh, today, uh, I believe that God wants to remind us, and in a while we're going to read the scripture, but God wants to remind us that Christmas is about the supernatural. Turn to your neighbor and say that Christmas is about the supernatural. Amen. You know, and I felt led to just say this. You know, um, that, that we live in a world today uh, that even though we know that Santa's not real, <laughs> uh, we have less problems sharing to people about the concept of Santa than about the birth of Jesus. Ooh, ouch. You know, we have, we have less issues sharing about a, a jolly old white man who lives in North Pole, uh, who, who flies around uh, in a reindeer sled, giving presents supernaturally uh, to children, all on Christmas Day, regardless of their different time zone. And we have no problem sharing that, perpetuating that, than to actually tell people that Jesus came. And, and I want to remind us that, that Christianity is not a, a moral lesson. It's not just another good religion. This is not a, a, a moral ethics class. In a while, we're going to read about the coming, the first coming of Jesus and, and how supernatural it is. You see, as Christians, many times we, we look at Resurrection Sunday, we look at Easter, and, and we, we look at how Jesus died on the cross and then He rose again. And, and, we, and we, we look at that and we think that that's the only supernatural thing about Jesus, but that's not true. That's the climax of what Jesus came to do. But in His very arrival, it was supernatural and supernatural and supernatural. And, and what I want us to catch from this is that let us not forget the power of God that is at work in our lives. And let us not be defeated by the mundaneness of the world that we are living in. I want to speak hope. I want to speak life into your life, reminding you that Jesus lives and He reigns forevermore. And our God is a powerful God. Our God is, is, is a strong God. In fact, He's the strongest one there is. And I want us to remember that. That Christmas is not just a time for us to, to, to give presents and stuff our face with turkey. Christmas is also a time for us to meditate on the supernatural nature of God. Supernatural meaning this, that God's nature supersedes our natural state. So whatever you're going through in the natural right now, you could have a natural problem, you could have a health problem, a financial problem, you could have a problem at work. I want you to know that our God will not only answer that, but He will answer and solve that issue supernaturally. He will do it His way. 
He'll do it far beyond what we can ever imagine or even understand. And this is a consistent character trait of God. It wasn't just at the cross that He dumbfounded the world by going like, whoa, you came back. No, no, no. Even on His first coming, it was supernatural in every way. And so if you have your Bible, why do you turn with me to Luke chapter 1? We're going to be reading from verse 26 to 38. And today, we're not looking at the wise man, but we're going to be looking at Mary. And so if you're taking down notes also, the title of my message today is called Learning from Mary. Learning from Mary. Amen? We will learn from Mary. As Christians, we, we, we don't believe in, in, in the divine ascension of, 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 of Mary, but we do believe that she was an amazing servant of the Lord that God used powerfully. And she had an attitude that, 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 that you know, desire for God to work in her life and through her life. Amen? You know, so Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. If you're there, can I hear a good amen? Uh, if you can see it flash up behind me, say amen. Amen. That's louder. Okay, cool. Good, good. Uh, let's read together the Word of God. Amen. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and, and considered what manner of greeting this was. I, I, you know, I'm reminded that maybe Mary uh, is a little bit like, like uh, us Asian folks. You know, every time Asian folks, if somebody you haven't seen in a long while or you've never seen before, immediately starts with a lot of compliment, you immediately have your guard up, right? You know, if, if some, suddenly someone comes up to you, hey, good looking, oh, you're looking so good today, you, you, you're immediately touching your wallet and checking your phone to make sure that, what, what does this guy want, you know? And so maybe Mary was going like, like, whoa, 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 that's a bit too much information to process. What do you mean? You know? And, and, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Relax. I'm not here to cheat you or to con you, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. Amen. Our God is great. Amen. And he will be called the Son of the Highest. No other name except the name of Jesus. Amen. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom shall be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man. You know, this is just old English polite way of saying that, you know, I've, I've not known a man. I've not had any sexual relations. I'm still a virgin. How can this be? Right? And, and the angel answered said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Underline that if you have a Bible. Amen. Luke chapter 1, verse 37. Memorize it to your heart. Amen. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Can I hear a good amen? amen. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. In other words, I, I submit. Let it be to me according to your word. Do it. Do it, Lord. 
and the angel departed from her. Amen. Amen. Let's just let that sink in for a little bit. Uh, those of you who have been with us for some years, or at least from the start of this year, uh, you know that uh, every year there is a theme um, for Act Church globally. And this year, the theme is God is able. That was inspired from Daniel chapter 3. God is able. When Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were, were, were cast into a fiery furnace, the king gave them an ultimatum. You can either change your mind, bow down, and worship this idol that I have made, or you can die. And their response was so brave. God is able. It's not just a hope that God will do uh, good things uh, and bless your life. No, God is able. It's a bold and defiant proclamation to the world that we will not compromise or waver in our devotion to God. No matter what life throws at us, we will not budge. We will tell the world, you move, we will not move. You know, we will be with God. God is able, they declared, you know, to rescue us from this, but even if He does not, powerful words, but even if He does not, we will not compromise. And so I, I, that's how we started the year. And I want us to end the year understanding, fully embracing the fact that with God, nothing is impossible. Amen? Christmas is not a winding down time. Christmas is God ramping up. You know, the very first birth of Christ wasn't just no little sweet little moment. It was God's challenge to the, to the enemy. It was God's declaration of war in the world that we live in today, right? There are different, we hear in the news sometimes, different declaration of war. A jet plane flies over a border, oh, that's a declaration of war. A missile lands on the foreign soil, oh, that's a declaration of war. This was God's declaration of war to the devil, to the enemy, saying that it's, I'm, I'm here to bring my people home. I'm here to kick your butt once and for all. And, and, and it starts with Jesus. It starts with a virgin birth. You see, Christmas is, is, is not safe. Christmas is supernatural. Christmas is out of this world. And, 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 and so this message, I hope, uh, will go out and encourage some of us here who you desperately need a move of the Holy Spirit in your life. You started the year with this hope that God is able. And maybe now, let's be real for a second, by December, you're still waiting. Maybe there's some people here, you've been praying for a whole year, but you're still waiting for that breakthrough. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to encourage you that with God, nothing is impossible. And so if you're still waiting, this is a message for you. But this is also a message I believe God wants to give all of us is to say that in, in this new year, let us be people that will expect more from God. Don't just expect the safe from God, expect the supernatural from God. And God wants to use His people. And so this message is for both people waiting for the move of God and for people who want to be the move of God. Amen? How many know that the world that we're living in today needs Jesus? Both Ken and I have been serving in the UK, you know, for seven years now and talking to a lot of people. And, and then when we first came over, you know, we, we were trying to figure out what's the strategy to reach people, what's the strategy to reach people. And more and more, we are convinced that it is not more teaching, it is not more programs, it is more of the Holy Spirit. The world needs to encounter again God in His fullness. How many know that to encounter God in His fullness is supernatural? Amen? If God is not supernatural, He's not God. 
He's, he's just, I don't know, something, Greg. You know, but God is supernatural. Amen? And so, I, I, and, and what can we learn from Mary? Mary, Mary embraced the supernatural f- fact and nature of God. She struggled a little bit. You know, how can this be? I, I do want to see these things come to pass, but how can this be? But you know what? I believe. And so there are three things I believe uh, will encourage you if you're still waiting for God to shift something supernatural. It could be a, a, a sickness in your body that you're praying for. It could be, the sick, it could be a sickness in your, 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 your parents' life. It could, maybe there are some people here, your parents or your mom or your dad, they, they are fighting cancer, they're fighting leukemia, they're fighting different things and you're praying for their healing and things are getting better but, but they're still not completely healed yet. I want you to know, hey, you know, persevere. There are some things I want you to catch today. Maybe for some of us here, you're saying that, you know what, in the new year, uh, I, I, I want to be part of the solution. I, I want to see, amen, uh, God's kingdom come, His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, I want to have more boldness to pray for my friends. I want to have more boldness to share with my friends. I want to have more breakthrough in my, my, my prayer life, in, in my walk with Jesus. Then, then I also want you to catch these three things. The first thing you need to catch is this. Point number one, faith requires obedience. Faith requires obedience. Many times you think that faith is a matter of willpower. Oh, I believe. Oh, I don't believe. You know, you know it, it's not that. You know, of course we need to believe, but, but what does believing mean? What does having faith mean? It means obedience. You see, Mary didn't just go like, okay, I believe. She obeyed. Obedience means that alignment and agreement with God. And so in your life, Maybe you're saying that I want, to, I want to be used by God to impact my marketplace, to impact my, my campuses. You know, I want to see heaven on earth. Good. I want to see that too. In the new year, I want to see our church birth forward with more testimonies, more healings, more breakthroughs, more people getting miraculous visas and jobs and, and, and you name it. You know, but there needs to be not just faith to believe, there needs to be obedience to follow God's leading. Because how many know that God uses us and so, Mary believed, but she also had to obey. And so maybe there's some people here, a heart check. Are there areas in our lives that are disaligned with God? Are there areas in our life that are not integrated with God's plan and God's will? Are you living in disobedience? God loves you. God will not strike you down, but He will limit you. You know, I, I, I was just having this uh, conversation with, with Kat. We just had a... A, a moment. I'm not sure if I shared this with you before. If I shared it, I apologize, but, but, but I just want to share it again. Obedience is so key. Uh, I was just talking to Kat, and we're, we're talking about our dog. And uh, our dog just, you know, uh, just loves people too much. And, and sometimes I, I talk to her, I lecture my dog because I got no life. And then I go like, you know, hey, dog, you, you got no chill. You got no chill. You know, you're, you're just always just, you know, so hyper. Everyone you see, you want to jump up and give them a hug, you know, even though you don't have arms, so you end up scratching them. You know, so like, like you got no chill. And I was saying that, Ballad, if only you had more chill, more composure, more self-control, more obedience, I can bring you anywhere. I can bring you on my train ride to Bristol. You don't need to be home alone. You can be at the, you can be at the back of ex-Bristol service, just a little quiet corner, if you had a little bit more obedience and chill. 
We can travel the world. There's so many hotels now that are pet-friendly, restaurants that are pet-friendly. We could go out and have meals together. You don't need to stay at home if you only had more obedience. And right there and then, I felt like God speaking to me. And God is saying that in the same way. If only my people had a little bit more obedience. If my people had a little bit more self-control. If my people could, could align to my voice a little bit more. If my people could, could be a little bit more obedient every time the master says, sit, stand, go, stay. And it's not God's desire to cage us. You see, you know what I had to do? When, when my dog's too active and, and sometimes people who are a little bit nervous about dogs come and visit us, like we have no choice, you got to go in the cage. Right? And then when she's in the cage, she makes like the world's most, you know, saddest sounding noise. Like she's being tortured. Like, stop it. Nobody's torturing you. You know, stop, stop acting up. And, and sometimes in our lives, we think that God's putting us in a cage. We think that God's putting us in a time-out corner. We say that, God, how come you're not moving in my life? And God is saying that, I want to move in your life, but there are certain things you got to catch because if you don't catch some obedience, if you don't catch some self-control, it, I have no choice but to bench you. I have no choice but to limit your freedom. I don't want to limit your freedom. But until you learn to trust the Master's voice, you see, you say we, we believe in Jesus, but how many of us obey Him? Maybe the next time we should be asking, it's not so much, how many believe in Jesus? I should be asking, how many people here obey Jesus? Ooh, silent. Okay, let's not dwell upon that. But faith requires obedience. Are you aligning? If, you're, if, if your life is not integrated with God, it will be disintegrated. It's as simple as that. And I don't want us to live fractured lives. Amen? And so God is saying, Right? And, and by no means, I'm not saying that the more you obey, the, you know, God will use you more. I mean, yes and no. What I'm trying to say is that it's, you know, I believe that God has been prompting. Maybe some people here, God has been prompting. Hey, stop scrolling. Stop reading my scrolls a little bit more. Sorry, lame choke. You know, stop reading the, the Bibles a little bit more. You know, like you're, you're, you're touching the wrong scrolls, you know, just... just you know, you need to touch the scrolls of, of, of the Psalms and, and all these things. And, and we're going like, ah, oh God, no, just, just oh, it's okay. And then before you know it, you know, five hours later, two hours later, you say, oh, man, you know. And then we say, ah, oh, i got no time, you know. I'm like, no, 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 come on. Faith requires obedience. Don't be distracted. Is there something God has been challenging you to give in to Him or to give up? Let's obey. Let us obey. If you want to see God move in your life, you got to obey. You know, if you say, if you, it's as simple as this, right? If, if you, you can pray, you can have a lot of faith to pray and say, God, please uh, impact and, and, and open the eyes of my brother who doesn't know you yet, Lord. Maybe the Holy Spirit, as you pray that, is also prompting you, yeah, why don't you give him a call this week? But sometimes you'll keep praying. No, 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 God, you, you open his eyes. Yeah, yeah, give him a call. No, 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 you open his eyes, Lord. He needs you. His heart is so hard. And God is saying that, yeah, yours too. Anyway, you know, like, like come on, you gotta, maybe, maybe God's prompting you, give that person a call. You know, uh, 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 write the card to bless somebody. 
invite someone for, uh, for Christmas lunch or Christmas dinner this week, you know, share the gospel. You know, how many know that believing is one thing, obedience is another. So I pray that we will catch this. Faith requires obedience. But, but let's build on upon that, okay? Point number two, obedience requires sacrifice. So you're saying that, okay, faith requires obedience. So how do I obey? Obedience requires sacrifice. Like the example I used earlier, maybe sometimes we harbor unforgiveness and, and we know we should love our brother, love our sister, love our neighbor, but, but we have a pride. We have, I don't know, whatever it is, we, we, sometimes we hold on to things too, too tightly that are not of God. And, and when, when every time I preach sacrifice, because you know, I've been in church long enough, you know, they'll be like, oh, here he comes. He's asking us to give up, you know, give up our internet, give up our money. No, 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 no. Why if I'm asking you to give up something that's not good for you, like fear, like pride? Like in, for example, right? So you're, uh, uh, you, you, the law is prompting you to say, hey, this Christmas, get to know your neighbor. Your neighbor? Yeah, the person who actually lives next door to you. Write them a card. Bless them. Bless them with something. And then you go like, oh, oh I, yeah, God, I, I, I want to obey. But do you know what that requires? It requires you to sacrifice your pride. But is pride a good thing? No. You need to sacrifice your ego. You need to sacrifice, I don't know what it is. Sometimes we hold on too tightly something that is not good for us. We, we, we take too much pride in our personality. Oh, I'm an introvert. People go around like that. Oh, I'm an introvert. I'm like, okay, cool. But you can change, right? Do you have to be an introvert for life? Can you be an introvert on a spectrum? <laughs> can you be a sometimes introvert? You know, why do we hold on to things? Why do we find identity in things apart from God? And God is asking us, it's time to sacrifice. Some of us were so afraid for fear's sake. We cannot help but be negative. We cannot help but be cynical. Why? The world doesn't need more cynical, fearful people. And, and maybe it's time to sacrifice those things. And God is saying that, hey, I've got a future ahead of you. So you see, let's come back to Mary's life. So Mary goes like, okay, you know, first of all, she goes, I, I want to see all these things, but, but how? I, I don't know, man. And then she says, no, don't worry. It's not going to be true natural means. It's going to be true supernatural means. And she had to believe, but she had to obey and say, okay, God, here I am. I, I present myself. Use me as you wish, Lord. But in that obedience, there was so much sacrifice. You know what's something that she immediately did to sacrifice? She's like, there goes my wedding dress. <laughs> if they wore wedding dress at that time. But you know, modern day context, oh no, <laughs> I'm going to walk down the aisle with a bump. What will people say? I'm going to sacrifice my dream wedding. I'm going to sacrifice, you know, and in fact, she was even willing to sacrifice her marriage. Because she was like, oh, Joseph doesn't know yet. How will Joseph receive this? But she didn't give God a criteria and say, God, if you convince Joseph, then I'll do it. No, she says, I'll do it, even if Joseph doesn't get it. And, 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 and I'm not sure if this too is too strong of a word, but maybe there are some relationships that need to be sacrificed. There are some relationships that you're holding on to very dearly, but God has been speaking and telling you that this is not good for you, it's not healthy, it's toxic. And yet, we'd rather have friends than to have no friends. 
And God is saying that, no, come on, I want to move in your life. I want to bring new restoration, but obedience requires sacrifice. Amen? And so, you know, what is it? But don't get me wrong, sometimes sacrifice could also be things that are bad in our lives. Now, I know I've spoken to people who are, who are recovering alcoholics, and they were once, you know, so addicted to alcohol that now they've been set free. But in their new freedom, it's, it's, it's still a life of obedience. And that obedience to receive that freedom, to enjoy that freedom, to have a perpetual freedom, they need to continuously obey, which also means to continuously sacrifice. That means that every now and every, every time now when someone says, hey, let's go to a local pub for a drink, they got to say no. That's a sacrifice. I know some people who, so, who, who, who sacrifice so much that as a recovering alcoholic, they won't even step into a pub. They won't even step into a pub because they'd rather sacrifice that, sacrifice some, some social activity and to cling on to the freedom that God brings. I even know some people who struggle with eating disorder. Girls especially, who think that, you know, the, the, no, I, I, if I'm thin enough, I'll be beautiful enough. And, and, and we've, we've walked with people, counseled people with eating disorder, and, and so painful because we can see that, you know, they are so fearfully and wonderfully made, but they can't see it. And, and their entire self-image is being dictated by, by the magazines and the social media and all the scrolls and all the filters and, 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 and they can be beautiful. One, you know, some of the most beautiful people uh, to ever walk the earth, but, but they are still addicted to, to, to Botox and this and that. And, 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 and maybe for some of them, the sacrifice just means, you know what, I need to delete some apps. For me to have real freedom... There's nothing inherently wrong with social media, but, but, but if social media is leading me into a path of self-destruction, then I'd rather delete it. I'd rather come across as, you know, not so happening, whatever that means. Because nowadays, everyone connects by socials. I was just asking some students yesterday, you know, because I was just trying to see how, you know, how we church can be more relevant. I said, well, some, you know, do you still go to Facebook? And all the younger people said, no, we don't, no, nobody touches Facebook anymore. So apologies, next week's service will still be on Facebook one last time, okay? One last time. In the new year, we'll try to find a more happening platform. And then I ask them, oh, what, what, what are you on? They say, oh, Instagram. Everything's on Instagram now. Even, you know, they, I say, How, do you not use Google? No, even when I search for recipe, I search on Instagram. I'll be like, okay, interesting. I'm learning something new. And, and, and so for people who had to give that up, that's a big ask. That's a big sacrifice. But obedience requires sacrifice. Do you want God to set you free? I even know of people who struggle with lust and pornography. And so they have no choice but to sacrifice. And they go, like, you know what? I, I, I can't have internet at home. So I'll go to work. I'll go to the work. I'll use the office internet. You know, but at home, I, I just know that I'm too weak. I can't be trusted with, with some of these late night temptations. So, so I, I, I just not, I'll just have no internet at home and and, you know, and they, they even, you know, have friends that, that you know, in different accountability measures that they take into and it requires a lot of sacrifice. Sacrifice of ego. Going up to a Christian brother and going like, hey, I need your help. That's an area of my life that I'm weak at. That requires sacrifice. Because before that, people all think that you're okay. 
until you open your mouth. And you're going like, I can imagine what Mary must be feeling when she told Joseph, Joseph, I know you love me. I really like you too. You're a really cool guy, but you, you can't believe this. And Angel appeared, and I'm preggers. <laughs> and, 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 and maybe even waiting for the shoe to drop. Is he going to hate me? Is he going to divorce me? And we know, of course, from the Bible story, Joseph was in, initially shocked, silent, probably thinking, uh, I, need, I, I, I need to process this. Walked away. But thank God that Joseph was a man of faith. And when the angel appeared and says that, hey, your girl's not cheating on you, it's me. I'm just paraphrasing this. It's like Bible in a modern language. <laughs> you know? And, and hey, trust me. And as Joseph obeyed, I imagine he probably would say that, there goes my relationship with my family. What would they think? What would they think? But you know what? I'd rather sacrifice what they think. I'd rather not care what they think because the only one that I'm focused on pleasing is God. Obedience requires sacrifice. Point number three, sacrifice requires love. Sacrifice requires love. Amen? Faith requires obedience. Obedience requires sacrifice. And sacrifice, for sacrifice to be legitimate, for sacrifice to be consistent, for sacrifice, uh, it, it, it cannot be done just out of duty. It's said before that, that you can sacrifice without love, but you cannot love without sacrifice. And, and a lot of times, we, we sacrifice, okay, God, I'll do it for you. But we're doing our religious duty, we're doing thinking, we're doing a favour to God, a tit for tat. But actually, real sacrifice comes out of a place of love. We don't have time to go into it, but go back. You can read the rest of Luke chapter 1. And, and you have this amazing composition, you know, in Luke chapter 1, verse 46 to 55. Some translations call it Mary's song. Uh, the other word for it is the Magnificat. The Magnificat is, is just, you know, uh, Latin for, for, for you know, uh, my soul magnifies. It's, the, it's a song that just came out of Mary expressing her, 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 her love and her, her excitement for what God is about to do. And when you read it, you can see that this is a song that is so dense with prophetic writing and, 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 and what I mean that, what I mean is that, that when you look, you look at that and you know that Mary was somebody who loved the Word of God. And she was somebody that, that read the, the writings of the prophet, meditated and kept them in her heart. And, and out of that came all of, of her proclamations. Why am I saying? Was Mary's sacrifice of her personal life, her body, for God, her reputation for God, her, 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 her potential marriage for God, was that all not costly? Yes. But what was it sustained by? It was sustained by a genuine love for God and a love for God's people. And, and, and you can see her heart to see God deliver the nation of Israel. And, and what I want to remind us is that in this new year or even in this season, God's not done working yet. 
Just because the whole world is entering into steepy Christmas time mode, shops are closing early, you know, people are going on holiday, God's not going on a holiday. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's not gone on a holiday. God's not sleeping. Amen? He's at work. He's actively at work in your life. God loves you. God loves the world. God wants to pour out His Holy Spirit. And it require people who will say, yes, God, use me. But if you want to be used by God, there will be sacrifices, there will be changes, there will be commitments that cannot be sustained without first a loving relationship with God. You know, I don't want us to you know, I, I don't want this to be a, a New Year resolution thing. Some people say that New Year resolutions are meant to be broken. I've heard that said before. <laughs> because there's no love in New Year resolution. Who actually wants to go on a diet? Nobody. Right? <laughs> Who wants to go to the gym? You know, some people. But you know, like, and, and, and because it's, not, it's, it's, it's sustained by, by image, it's sustained by other hopes and dreams, it's not sustained by love. And God is saying that, I want to move in your life. And I will require obedient vessels that know how to sacrifice. But, but when you sacrifice, understand this, that God is not asking you to do something that He has not done before. He's merely asking you to follow what He has already done. Jesus was the first to sacrifice. Jesus sacrificed His life for you. Jesus sacrificed heaven for you. You know, like uh, recently having a conversation with, with Kat, and Carol saying that, oh, after living in UK, and this sounds pompous, but it's not just being real. After living in London for seven years, I can't imagine living in Malaysia. Just saying out loud something a lot of us are thinking in our heads. And, and yeah, it's, it's a struggle. I'm not, not saying, you know. But when she said that, I'm reminded, wow, how, imagine how much Jesus gave up. If, if we, right, sometimes we, you know, maybe you went to Japan for a while, you use their nice toilets, now you go back, you can't use any other toilet except the robotic talking toilet with heated seats, right? And you go like everywhere, you go barbarians, barbarians. It can be the cleanest toilet, you say, ugh, so uncultured. How come the toilet doesn't talk back to me? And that's just a toilet in Japan. Some of us, we go to some really fancy three Michelin star place and, and now you cannot eat anything but truffles. You go eat a one-ton meat. Why is there no truffles here? You go eat chicken rice. Why is it? No, it's missing something. Oh, I know truffles. I can invite you for, for, for Christmas dinner, turkey, and then you'd be like, how come there's no truffle? Imagine how much Jesus gave up. Sacrifice. But Jesus left heaven, came to earth. For God so, what? Loved the world that He gave His own. Everything God does is out of love. He sacrificed out of love. He gave out of love. My hope for those that are waiting, I'm wrapping now, my hope for those who are waiting for a breakthrough, maybe you're praying and you're praying and you're praying. I want you to say, don't give up. God is supernatural and He wants to move. He wants to surprise you. He wants to do it His way. That's another way to look at supernatural. God doing it His way. So don't give up faith. But if you're just holding on faith as a matter of willpower, that's not enough. There needs to be obedience. And that obedience requires maybe some sacrifices in your life. 
some heart check to go like, hmm, maybe there's been some disalignment. I, maybe there are some things I need to give up. Maybe something I need to put right. But for that to be a consistent act. Because as Christians, we're far too familiar. You go to a nice Sunday service, you go for a nice conference, you come back, you revive for three days. How come only three days? Because it's not sustained by love. It was sustained by hype. It was sustained by maybe good preaching, good music, but it's not sustained by a genuine love for God. And maybe for some of us, before the year ends, we need to come back to the place of our first love again. But for others, if you're like me who said that in the new year, I don't want the boring, mundane Christian walk anymore. I refuse to believe that the, the, the days of Acts are behind us. I refuse to believe that the Holy Spirit doesn't move anymore. I, I want to see Him move in my workplace. I want to see Him move in my family. And God says, I, yeah, me too. But God always, God for whatever reason, always chooses to limit Himself. He's unlimited. He's limitless. But He chooses to limit, if I can use this way, Himself by partnering with mankind. From day one, let us make man in our image so that we can rule earth together. And even Jesus, after He accomplished everything, He says, okay, I'm going back. I'm praying for you guys. I'm rooting for you guys. Now, 12 of you, figure out the next course. He chooses in His generous, gracious nature to share. And God's looking for vessels. If you say, God, I want to be a vessel. I don't just want to be a student. I want to be a vessel of God. I don't just want to be, I don't know, a lawyer, an engineer, a professional, a banker. I don't just want to be rich. I want to be rich with testimony. Then it requires not just a desire, aka faith, but it requires obedience. And that obedience requires some sacrificing, some re-look checking in our lives, some putting right areas in our lives. And that and for that putting right, for that new life of purity and steadfastness in God, for it to be sustained, it needs to be powered by the love of God. Amen? And I want you to know that as you do that, God's moving, God's working. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm here to encourage you, friends, that God's not done with you yet. I don't know who needs to hear this, but you need to hear it. God's not done with you yet. Maybe some of us here, you've been holding on to hope. From the start of the year, you're, beginning for, you're believing for a breakthrough, but now, as the year is looking like it's closing your you're still empty, I want you to know that God's not done with you yet. As the world looks like it's winding down, God's winding up. I want you to receive that by faith. And for the rest of us, let us be reminded, Santa's not real, but Jesus is. And let us be people that become more and more confident and comfortable sharing about the truth of Jesus and not just sharing but living out the truth of Jesus in our lives.
God is a supernatural God. You know, I suddenly felt led to share this testimony. And it's a, a little bit older testimony, but it's a testimony for my life. But I just sense that I wasn't planning on sharing it this morning, but God wants me to share it. Um, seven years ago, Ken and I came to the UK to build God's house. And uh, it's been seven years of just, you know, God being so good to us. And I just want to share with you this testimony of how we got our visa because I feel that this could be an encouragement for some of us. For some people, you think that around this time, not just this time, what, what, what this time of the year represents. The slowing down, the, 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 you know, maybe you feel like the job market's not opening up. Maybe you feel like emails are not being answered. Maybe you feel like you no know, less and less opportunities. You know, the whole world seems to, in December, whether they celebrate Christmas or not, enter into hibernation mode. And sometimes when the world enters into hibernation mode, we can think that God hibernates too. But God doesn't hibernate. He doesn't sleep. He's actively working behind the scenes for the good of those who love Him. And so, seven years ago, when Ken and I first came to the UK, um, the first year uh, was a complete act of faith. God told us, come over. We came over. We had no visa, no job. We only had a tourist visa. It allowed us six months stay at a time. We came in 2015 and God said, in 2015, um, in that year, you need to get the church registered as a charity and then as a religious charity, apply for visa sponsorship and then apply to get Dave on that visa sponsorship. And God just impressed upon our heart that it's going to be done that year. Faith requires obedience. So when we first came, we got to work. Building up church, but researching. Looking up lawyers who can help us. And long story short, you know, faith requires obedience, but obedience requires sacrifice. First year over here, we had no job. We were, we were running on savings, but Malaysian savings. So uh, whatever we had was seven times less than what we had here. And there are days where we've been busy building God's house. And on Monday, when we're so tired, shopping around Sainsbury, there are moments where Ken and I just stood in front of the dessert aisle. We held hands and stared at a little cup of tiramisu and wonder, can we afford it? I know it sounds sad, but that was our life. We didn't, now, time has passed, so I find comfortable to share some of these things because I didn't want to share it earlier so that people thing is a beauty party and then suddenly next Monday I've got like 500 cups of tiramisu in my house please 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 do not misunderstand the point of this message sacrifice Kat had to sacrifice to come over here Kat had to sacrifice her job she was she was maybe a year away from being offered partnership in a, in a big firm in Malaysia which shall not be named which has since name has fallen after she left so we shall not name it <laughs> But she had to sacrifice. We had to sacrifice. We had to tell, say, by the family, come over, sacrifice. You know, seven years here, sacrifice. Financial sacrifice, monetary sacrifice. You know, we cook for students. 
the students in the early days would, you know, maybe can be quite demanding, but we sacrificed. But if that sacrifice was not because of God's love, we would have given up. And there were moments where we had great sacrifice. I still remember help, you know, students go like, oh, Pastor, uh, I'm moving house. Can you help me move? And then we arrived to realize that, oh, the brief wasn't to help me move. It was to help me clean my house and also help me move. It was help me to clear out all the trash that my housemates didn't clear out and then help me move. And so there are moments where we were scrubbing the toilet floor of somebody else's toilet. Wondering to herself, what on earth am I doing here? I've got a degree. Cat's probably thinking, I almost made partner. I'm here scrubbing someone's, some student's toilet floor. But it was a sacrifice that we say that, you know what, God, you first did this for us. Before I even knew you, you scrubbed away all of my sins. So what is this little toilet floor compared to what you have done for us? And in the midst of all that early growing pains of doing church, we had to work with the lawyers and lawyers charged by the hour. And so these lawyers, we raise up money, money that we didn't have, we give to them and say, can you help us to send out this application, blah, 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 blah. And then before long, they came back and go like, oh, by the way, the money you gave us, we finished using it because we charged by the hour because it's our first time doing this for a religious organization. So we, we, we took a little bit more time. So now for us to continue working for you, we need more money. And so we had to silly fundraise money that we don't have. And on top of building church, and raising money we had to do homework we, f- we figured that wow this lawyer is really um, something um, you know what both of us have a little bit of legal training so let's do our research so when we write the check for this person again let's not just give him a check but let's give him detailed instructions on how to do the research so that he doesn't waste our hourly rates and so we wrote him a long email and go, go to this website, go to this section because it's section A, B, C. You can do this, and then the other person, oh wow, you guys really know your stuff. Yeah, a little. And even through all that, when we finally were able to send it all off to the home office, it was near December, near Christmas time. And the lawyers are very real. They said, hey, um, you know the home office, it's Christmas time, you know, they don't really work. You know, minimum six weeks they'll get back to you maximum could be three months maybe that is if they approve it and so the documents have landed I think it reached the home office on the 13th of December 2015 and the lawyers were even saying that okay and uh, you know if it takes longer you guys need to raise some more funds to put out an ad because this is before Brexit so if you were to get a job here, it needs to be offered to someone local first. And if someone local doesn't want it, a European needs to be offered the chance. And if a European don't want it, then <laughs> the rest of us can have a chance. And so we had to do that, even though we were the ones doing the church. Uh, so, okay, X Church is looking for a pastor. So we had to raise funds, put an ad. And the lawyers are saying that, okay, if the home office takes more than a certain time, you need to put out another ad. And that's another £2,000 you got to raise that we didn't have. So by faith, we say, you know what? Let's just submit it. Let's worry about that in the new year. We've got to do Christmas party. We've got to reach out to students. We've got to organize different things. First year of doing church. Long story short, on the 2nd of January, we just happened to check our mailbox 
and in it we saw a thick envelope from the home office and with fear and trembling we pull it out we go like oh no we just submitted all the original documents and all the original documents are back the lawyers say it will take between six weeks to three months why is it back so fast let this be an encouragement God's going to do something so fast in your life that you're going to be shocked when you see it and so we took it out and we didn't know what it was yet with fear and trembling we went up into our place we opened up the envelope and then we took out and the cover letter says marked on the 23rd of December 2015 congratulations we have approved your visa sponsorship and we broke down crying and then laughing and then praising God because we go like who works on the 23rd which poor soul Oh, it's not a poor soul. God knew exactly who needed to be in the office. God knew exactly who needed to be in that desk to receive your documents, to get it approved. Just as the whole world was going into a hibernation, God says, I don't go into a hibernation. Just when you think that it's going to be next year and more funds having to be raised, God says, I'm not done with you yet. I'm a supernatural God. There's another side to that story but I will not share it for the sake of time today but I just want you to receive it because some of us here you really feel like oh this year I'm going to end this year without a testimony says who? Did God say that? If God said that then okay cool but if you said it then I want you to hear what the angel declared with God nothing is impossible let's pray thank you Lord Lord I just want to pray for everyone here who has a need, a lack in their lives. God, would you move? Not because we are good, but because you are good. Lord, will your goodness and mercy pour forth and chase after all these people. Your word says that seek ye first His kingdom and your righteousness and all these things shall be added. I pray that you will cause the things that we need to be added into our lives. Not because we chase after them, but because we chase after you. And God, for some of my friends here who feel so discouraged, who feel like you have walked past them, God, I pray that you remind them that you not walk past them you've been walking around them you've been walking around them and maybe what they need is some faith maybe what they need is a little bit of obedience what they need is a little bit of sacrifice what they need is is maybe just to be reconnected to be reminded of your first love for us and our first love for you God would you move Christmas is about God moving Christmas is about the supernatural Jesus, you came supernaturally. And God, you challenged us to live supernaturally. Help us to be obedient, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.